there are spirits everywhere, watching, waiting, seeking that opportune time to reveal themselves like no other. They fill our worlds with so much. Seriously? You didn't just do that. You farted on the promo? What's wrong with you? I thought you were professional. C go away. Go I, I got it. I got it. Hey, everybody. It's Brian Bowden, host of Nobo Boomy, where we explore deep inside the Goblin universe. We have an amazing show that covers the paranormal, conspiracies, music, art, entertainment, trending topics, and so much more. Please join us by subscribing to the show on Podbean at InsideTheGoblinUniverse.Podbean.com, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere you find podcasts. It's an informative, fun, and overall entertaining good time, and uh, we'll keep the gas to ourselves. Why don't you burp next time? Someone give me Brian Anderson. Ladies and gentlemen, the results of the contest mentioned in episode 16 will be available after this episode, 17. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Paranormal Heart, a place where people can talk about their paranormal experiences. With your host, Cat Ward. Hey everyone, welcome back to Paranormal Heart, your monthly paranormal podcast, where you can find Boo and I on Podbean, YouTube, RadioOnePodcast.com, Stitcher, Spotify, Paranormal Radio, TuneIn, and IamDarkWaters.com. Don't forget to go on over to Podbean and click that follow button or YouTube and subscribe because it's the highest compliment to me seeing that you enjoy the show. And I've recently noticed more and more people from around the world are listening. So I'd like for you to send me an email at paranormalheart13 at gmail.com and tell me where are you listening from and what platform do you use? And I'd like to thank you all for listening. And as Brian Anderson mentioned earlier, stay tuned after the interview where Ronald Murphy and I will be announcing the contest winners. Thank you to all who have participated and good luck. My next guest has experienced some unusual events as a child, which fueled his curiosity that later propelled him into becoming a UFO, cryptid, and paranormal researcher and investigator. Since 1977, he has used his spare time to explore those areas of interest and has traveled the world in pursuit of the truth. He's an active member of International Remote Viewers Association, Bronxville Paranormal Society, He's co-host with Ronald Murphy on the award-winning Inside the Goblin Universe podcast, host of Nobo Boomi podcast. He's also a published author, musician, and artist. Folks, he's involved in so many aspects of the paranormal field and beyond, I just can't keep track of what he's up to. And I'll provide the links to where you can find out more about him. 
So please help me welcome Mr. Brian Bowden. Hey, Brian, welcome to Paranormal Heart. I thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. The pleasure's all mine. I'm really happy that you're here. So before we start things, I just want to apologize to you and my listeners. It's been a really rough month. I've been recuperating from pneumonia, so I'm, I apologize if my voice kind of starts to disappear or if I start coughing. Um, just to give you a little heads up that I am okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And uh, we're, we're going to do something a little different today um, with, with this guest. Uh, instead of talking about ghosts, we're going to be talking about aliens and UFOs. Oh, I love those things. <laughs> That's why you're here. <laughs> Thank you. It's, it's good to be talking about them. UFOs and UFOs. Uh, cryptids and stuff. Um, yeah. I could start whatever you want. You want in the bio info. I know you did that in the beginning. Yep. But um, so just so you know, I've been in this investigative quizzical question seeking and answer seeking phase since I've been like six, seven years old. Um but I really started doing um, it seriously the last 20, 30 years. Um, yeah, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> um, not that old, but I still think I'm 16, but not my, you know. <laughs> but um, so I've been investigating it, and I've also had some experiences. And I think what we're going to do, I think it would be good for you guys to hear is some of the experiences. And then my first impressions on this stuff, on, on UFOs and these cryptids and stuff, and what I currently have come to uh, the conclusion of, um, if that's sounds all right. Good. Yeah, it sounds perfect. Sure. Um, my first UFO took place in Winstead, Connecticut, which is the northeastern part of Connecticut. Um, I was a very young lad. It's back in the 70s, early about 77, I would say. I was in sleepaway camp. Thankfully, my mother was a teacher, and she ran um, the girl side. So I was on the boy side. You know, we got a, a great free summer. And I distinctly remember going out and with about eight of my bunkmates and we were checking out the side. It was a full moon and one of those moons where you look at it and it kind of looked like a half dollar or a big coin mm -hmm. um, if you don't have half dollars. And it was just bright and it lit up the trees. It's beautiful. You kind of see the stars. And then from the right side of our view came in this fireball, which is just a little bit smaller than the moon. Wow. And uh, yeah, it was pretty impressive. And it was round and it was on, it looked like fire or sparks or something. And it just flew. And everybody was like, oh my God, what is that? Um, and then, of course, half of them ran in. We just saw a UFO. We just saw a UFO. And that was my first experience that summer um, with uh, a, a UFO, an unidentified flying object, legitimate, like something in the, you know, in the sky. Mm. Now, most people would say, oh, you probably saw a meteorite or, you know, an asteroid coming in. Totally different because I've seen several of those. Mm. And it doesn't have the same, did not have the same vibe. And if this was an asteroid coming in or, you know, a meteorite, I mean, if the, we would have probably had a, a, a Earth uh, a human uh, uh, extinction mode at that point. That's how big this thing was. Wow. This was really, really large. Um, and, of course... From that point, I mean, I started even asking more questions. A really good buddy of mine here, where I back at home, we started contacting NASA and we asked about space programs. And we we created the Eisenhower Space uh, Port over here, and we're you know in, in New York City, 
they, they, the guy was really friendly. His name Bill O'Donelson. I still remember him. And they would send us all these uh, great things on the Apollo, the lunar landers, and patches and pictures. I mean, this was cool as a kid. Um, fast forward a couple of years, even up in that camp, because you could see this, you know, this very little light pollution, we would see these objects floating in the sky. Um, we, you know, you spend a lot of time up late at night seeing a full a row of, you know, stars everywhere. And you'd see these little dots that would just start, you know, flying around. Hmm. Totally different. This is previous to a lot of the satellite and space junk that's in there. So it was pretty much the start of the space program. You know, it's the 70s. Mm-hmm. Yes, we had satellites up there, but we shouldn't have had as many as, you know, there shouldn't have been that many things floating around in space. Um, and there would be white lights, there'd be yellow lights, and red dots, red dots flying across. Um, I've also been, you know, th- that just kicked off my <coughs> my research into aliens and, and life elsewhere out of the planet. Um, of course, I always thought there were the little green aliens at one point, and, you know, which will look like the greys. Mm-hmm. Um, but that over time, as I got became more an adult and started reading more and researching more, um, it changed. There are a variety of races out there of aliens and from reptilians to insectoids to um, there's little grays, there's medium-sized grays, there's even larger grays. There's more humanistic grays, which may be hybrids between humans and um, the gray aliens themselves. And then, of course, you have the Nordics. And uh, there's a bunch of other type of uh, races that seem to be, I don't know if they're monitoring this planet or, or observing it or actually conducting full-blown exercises here um it depends on who you talk to and what the flavor of the month is but i definitely know that these these races have been here for centuries um, since the beginning and they're very good at what they do a lot of them are observers um if you read a a book from derek tyler i think the unconvenient truth i believe it is or something about ufos i'll get the exact title um, he, he, we had him on as a guest and he has three chapters alone that pretty much start the book. Um, that scared the hell out of me because really? he's an experiencer and it really scared the hell out of me. Uh, what these races of aliens are doing. Um, some of them almost like you're like food for them. The reptilians are, are extremely intelligent and they, I mean, we are even below being monkeys to them. We're like ants. And why they deal with us, I don't know. So, um, continue on for a sighting. Um, one of the sightings that I like, and I don't know if you've had your own sighting, cat. Um, I like when someone who gives you junk and crap, um, oh, there's no such thing, has that sighting with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I love that. Because it's, it's one of those, I told you, see, yeah. you know, one of those moments. And that just happened to happen nice. <laughs> and, um, in, in the 90s, early 90s, about 93, I believe it is, 93, 94. And I was, I, I met this girl um, <laughs> who I'm now presently married to, but we were dating then. It's when we first started. And I was working at her summer camp, which happened to be in Waterbury, Connecticut. I didn't go back to my summer camp, which is Winstead, but I went to Waterbury because I'm a fool for love. <laughs> um, so my, my birthday is July 4th. 
and I still have people and friends up there in that camp. And it was one of those long weekends, Independence Day. I think, I think it was on a Monday. So that means they gave you off, you know, most people took off Friday. And then you have Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So it was a long mm-hmm. weekend. And I said, look, I want to drive up there and see if any of the, and my buddies are there and just hang out and say hi to them. So she said, no problem. And we got in the car and it was about nine o'clock. We took off from Waterbury to half an hour to get to Winstead. And we started driving. Now, what's beautiful about being in that part of Connecticut and is, is again, you see the stars. There's very little light pollution. Um, and it, it's just a wonderful experience. So we had the top, you know, like the, the moon roof open. I'm doing 65, 70 miles an hour. Beautiful sky. And nobody's on the roads because of the long weekend. Mm. And at certain points, the road uh, kind of breaks off to a lower road and an upper road but there's two different directions on it. It's not like a, a highway where it's separated by land, actually, in the middle. And we start coming, and, and, I, and I'm driving the road. I'm not even paying attention to this, and my, my girlfriend's looking, and she's going, what? what you know, she's kind of tilting her head back and forth, kind of looking like she sees something. It finally catches my attention. I'm like, what are you looking at? She goes, what is, is that a balloon that's hanging there? And I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, out there. So we're getting up towards, a, 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 um, I think it's Route 6 in Connecticut, and I look on the distance, and you could see, because of the clarity, you could see for miles. Uh, but you see these two radio towers and this one huge center radio antenna. And it has three dots on it, okay, pretty high up. And I'm watching, like, oh, it's a radio tower. And then the radio tower goes from being perpendicular, <laughs> and it starts tilting to the left. Huh. And it tilts some more. And I'm like, okay, we're getting interesting now. Uh-huh. And then it's now parallel to the Earth, and it's heading in our direction. And this thing is ginormous. Um, it's, it's huge. I can't ex- explain how huge it is. And it's a thin, I see these three red li- lights, and then all of a sudden it's coming, and then you start making out some more of this craft. And it's blacker than black. And the next thing I know, <coughs> this thing is broaching over my roof. And you can see where the, the stars end and where this crap that, you know, begins. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's over my roof. I'm doing 65 miles an hour. I have my girlfriend now hanging out of my moon roof. <laughs> what is this thing looking? And here's the fun part. I'm saying to myself, pull the car over, Brian. Pull the car over. Because, I mean, like, this is, this is the holy grail of UFO sightings mm-hmm. for me. Uh, it's not making a sound. It's about the size of, of a football stadium. Jeez. Okay? It's, it's huge. Um, and I don't pull the car over, and it's blocking out all these lights. And what happens about a second or two later after I started thinking about this, I finally see oncoming traffic light, one car. And I look. It took a split second, and then I, you know, he passes. And then I look up, and this thing is gone. Wow. So, so I jammed on my brakes. And I'm in a 92 Integra. And I'm like, I fished out a little bit. I come to a complete stop on a highway. I get out of the car, and I'm, I get out to look. And I'm like, where the hell did this thing go? Because you can see miles in, different, in, in, in you know, the distance. There's mountains to mountains. And I know where those mountains are. I mean, we're talking about you know, a good 10, 20 miles worth of, of, of sight line. Mm. This thing just disappeared. Did and to this day, sound? she says it was 
uh, a hot air balloon. <laughs> oh, that's a really big hot air balloon. <laughs> oh, it's giant. It, it was incredible. Um, it was absolutely incredible. Uh, Did you it know, make any sound, it, or was it really quiet? It didn't make a sound. That, that was the whole thing. Wow. It, did, it made no sound. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing at all. Hmm. Um, I'm, you know, and I, re- I have a, I have pretty much a photographic memory, mm-hmm. and, um, and. I, I'm, I'm still, I could put myself in that position and the radio, I had the radio on, but I don't remember recall hearing the radio at one point. Hmm. It just like kind of went out. Now, I don't know if it was because of the craft or, or what, uh, but this thing made no sound whatsoever. That, that's another thing. Like, you know, you have something, first of all, this gigantic thing mm. flying over your head, but for it to not make a sound, I've been, you know, come on, we've all been to an airport and the planes yeah. fly over and they're, they're louder than anything. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've I was even just seen like the Concorde, so that's that was pretty pretty noisy. Yeah, you know, and I mean, and for some for some people that see these these craft in the sky, depending where you are, there's some people that get sound associated with it. Mm-hmm. Now the the problem we have now in the current field of UFOlogy, um, all these people is well, there's a there's a battle brewing right now at MUFON um, between. People who think they know everything and people that don't. And it, I, I, I'm not a MUFON fan, and I'll tell everybody right now, I'm not a MUFON fan. I know a lot of people in MUFON. I know the guy that, that is the director of, of, of photos and, and video and analysis, and he's fantastic. He's, he's a genius. He's a great guy. Go check him out, Mark D'Antonio. Wonderful. Um, you'll get, you'll, you'll learn a lot and he knows exactly what he's doing and he's a professional as this, um, does a little, the scientific points and whatever, but there's other people there, very few and far in between that are actually doing what they should be doing as, as an organization. So there's a lot of fighting going on, mm-hmm. people sabotaging other people. Mm-hmm. And so i I, you know, initially when, when you're young, you're like, Oh, I want to join MUFON. Mm-hmm. And then when you finally find the politics and all the stuff that's really going on, it's not worth your time. So it's they pretty want much to like make any money other organization. Yeah, well, you know, it's there are people that are really, you know, there's there's like a half of a percent of people out there that are really doing the investigation, the research, and want to come to terms and answers mm. and get people help. And then everybody else is joining it because it's cool, or you know, I'm on the star team or the, this team, mm-hmm. like. I don't care what team you're on. They're hiding information. They're they're withholding it from people. They give it out to select individuals, like the guy from Blink 182 gets special stuff. Why isn't it readily available? You know, be a real organization and make this stuff available. Make your database available, and this way, other researchers around the world can actually, you know, share notes. But they refuse to do it because it's all about what, what TV show they're going to have and who's going to make money off of it mm-hmm. and who's famous and who's not famous. And frankly, I don't want these people speaking for me. I do my own research. I don't need them around mm-hmm. at all. Um, but, you know, there's people that there's a big conference right now uh, out in Las Vegas, I believe. Um, and it's just I think it's a joke. It, it really is. I, I don't know. Bad. But, you know, that's. Because everybody pulled together, the amount of information that we could potentially get would be amazing. Well, that's the whole thing. It's like, you know, um, you have certain notes and, and you interviewed several people, let's say, up there where you are in, in Canada. Mm-hmm. And 
you, you, you put your notes in the descriptions down of what people are saying, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't know. You think it's just a normal report. You put the report in the system. Now, I have somebody down here that has something, but there's a characteristic that, that in your, your sighting that's, that hasn't been really reported from any other sightings before. But funny that I have to, I find somebody that I'm interviewing and they have a similar characteristic. Well, maybe there's a connection there. I would never have known mm-hmm. that if the database wasn't available to me or the information. So this is why I'm a, I'm a strong proponent for sharing of information. You're not making money off this. Mm-hmm. Write a book if you want to make money. And that's if you can sell them. You know, there's no money to be made in this paranormal field like this. If you have a TV show, sure, you're going to make some money. Yeah. But if you're really serious about the research and getting what you want done, you know, and, and getting some answers, even just for yourself, um, you got to start sharing information and putting it out there. Um, you're going to get the naysayers and they're going to, it's always somebody that's going to say, Oh, this is BS mm-hmm. or someone is going to make it up. I've been abducted. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just, we need to be able to connect with people. And because I, you know, I've, I've talked to, uh, you know, Many people in the paranormal field um, became very good friends with a lot of these these individuals that I was in. You know, I learned from. I saw these people on TV and their names mentioned, and they're good people. But when we were doing an interview, we would ask real world questions. We weren't asking the same dumb questions. You know, mm-hmm. like Chris Farley on Saturday Night Live. Oh, Paul, <laughs> you remember when you were in the Beatles? You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Chris, I remember. Um, <laughs> So, and, and what's great about that is once you start asking people real questions, and I know you do that too, um, there's a lot more respect they have for you as an, as an investigator. Mm-hmm. Not only is it, you know, bringing this out on your show, which is a fantastic, you know, show that you have, um, but they respect you as an individual, and, and that's more important than anything else. Agreed. Oh. So, yeah. So, I, I was recently reading... Um, want to get your take on this. So sure. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. METI, which stands for the Messaging Extraterrestrial Intelligence. Apparently they had some kind of an international meeting. And I don't know when that was. It could have been last week, could have been last year. I don't know. They figure that aliens have been watching us sort of like a galactic zoo protecting us from, from the truth of their existence. And it kind of reminded me of that Star Trek Next Generation episode uh, uh, where they, um, a native on a planet that they were observing got injured and they beamed them up on the Enterprise. And, yep. and you know, they referred to the Captain Picard as the Picard, thinking he was a god. He could bring people back to life, you know. Do you think something like that is actually happening? 100%. 100%. Um, I think, like I said in the beginning when we started this, mm-hmm. they have been observing this, this planet, this system, for hundreds if not millions of years. They, they've been here. Mm-hmm. Um, there is even a thought that this planet was seeded at one point and then that was a failed experiment and then they redid it. Kind of like I always, whenever I hear this stuff, um, I kind of always think of a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy when they're mm-hmm. rebuilding earth after yeah. they blow it up <laughs> and they have to put the bones down to so many feet and, <laughs> you know, and like he's watching this take place. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I know. I definitely believe that, that a lot of the, a lot of the sightings around there, uh, especially in the biblical times of angels, mm-hmm. I think a lot of that has to do with extraterrestrials. Um, and of course, you know, um, 
it's just there's you know why would you why would you travel from wherever you're traveling from to this planet uh, only in, you know and and check it out only in the last thousand years ten thousand years two thousand years whatever mm. no I mean this is something that's been going on for millennia and. You know, I, I mean, I don't think it really needed a genius or or a get together of these these people and Medi to to really come to that conclusion. I mean, it's it's I'm sorry, it's obvious. Mm. It, it 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 has to be obvious because it, it there's been reports of this stuff all the time. Um, you look at some of the ancient manuscripts. There are reports of strange crafts. Look at all the yep. ruins. You know, the Aztecs. They've had, you know, people look like, like spacemen. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I don't, it's, there's no such thing as coincidence. Um, I forgot who said that, but it's the truth. There's no such thing as coincidence. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's just, the problem is you also have families now that have been taken generation after generation after generation mm-hmm. after generation. Um, so I've always had that feeling because I grew up watching Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. Yeah, me too. Remember that? Yep. And you get the helicopter flying over the gazelles. Some guy comes out with a rifle, you know, pops <laughs> one. They go down there, they tag it, bag it, take the blood, take whatever. I mean, I, I think of the same thing taking place with humans. Yeah. And the problem is we're just not learning our lesson, you know. Mm. I don't know what the lesson is, though. Um, I don't really know if it's a kumbaya lesson. Um, you know, I do think we need to treat people better, but we are very destructive. But I don't think we're, it's always... Uh, you know, like we have to be peaceful and stuff. I look at the yin yang of everything where there's, where there's a lot of good, there's a little bad, and where there's a lot of bad, little good. Mm. This is earth. This is what it is. A little bit of everything. Yep. It, it's, it's, you know, <laughs> sorry about the cough, but, um, no worries. No, it, it's, it's very interesting. I mean, uh, case in point, and I'll tell you a, a, another UFO story. So, um, as, as some of you may know or not know, I'm, I'm part of the Bronxville Paranormal Society. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did, you, invest- <laughs> <laughs> we did an investigation, um, 2015 in Nuclear Lake mm-hmm. because of high strangeness and stuff. So we went out there and we spent, it was, um, uh, uh, uh say, uh, Halloween, Hall- Hallow's Eve. There was a meteor shower, full moon. Um, or a supermoon, um, clear skies. We were in the middle. <laughs> we went two miles into this lake. We set up camp where uh, Al had an experience with uh, someone else that was there, uh, some strange rocks. And at that point where we're there, I mean, pitch black. You cannot see in front of your face. But we had all the cameras flare. Um, we had uh, um, infrared. We had full spectrum. We had video. We had lighting. We had everything. And we had an experience with a bipedal cryptid, ginormous, uh, your classic Bigfoot Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. We had the bluff charge. We had the whoops. We had tree knocks. We had rock knocks. And I had a boulder thrown at me at the end of this. Um, and at that point, what happened basically is, I mean, this you could feel the presence. It's kind of like when you know it's in the summer, when you, you know it's going to rain because you kind of can taste it, you can feel mm-hmm. the pressure. Yep. That's what it was like. And it was very intense. And I'm thinking there was infrasound being used because it started to prey on your your emotions. When the bluff charge happened and one of the guys there uh, that got the bluff charge took off, we said, hold our ground. We held the ground. And um, it was was pretty interesting. This thing gave us whoops, three whoops, whoop, 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 um, 
no more than 30 feet from where we were standing. We took pictures in, in full spectrum video, FLIR. We got nothing. And it moved from point A to point B, which is about a mile and a half down the road, in, in under a second. Wow. And it was an intense feeling. And as soon as it left, um, the pressure went, everything went, things went back to normal. It was like, wow, that was just really intense. It was a long, long, you know, <laughs> that we were there for a couple hours. It was an intense period. Um, and this thing left and instantaneously as if like someone, you know, that was sitting on your chest got up from your chest. And what was uh, interesting about that whole thing is after that experience, we decided, <clears> you know <throat> what, let's go to the next location uh, on the way there. And as we're going on the way before I packed up to leave, I have this special uh, um, Olympus camera. And what's good, it's good for diving. But what's mm -hmm. great about it is how it processes low light. It does an amazing job at it. Uh, so it's good for fireworks, like type of camping situations where you're mm -hmm. going to take a picture and you'll get a perfect picture with the right amount of light. And But it's not... I don't know if it's doing a series of photos. I haven't figured it out. I really didn't research the, the, the science behind it, but it's a wonderful shot. So I was putting everything in my bag, and I stopped for a second, and I said, nope, I'm going to keep this on me. I don't want to be that guy that sees something and doesn't have the camera ready, and I put it in my breast pocket. So we left that, that area. We wa started walking around the area around the other end of the, this, this tip of the lake that where we were, and as we're walking around, you could see – the lake's about two miles. It's about two miles from where we are to the beginning of the lake, and you can see this beautiful sky. Of course, full moon, lots of stars, very little traffic, air traffic, and on the right side, I think it's going from the west towards the east. We see this orange orby like light. You know, it's, it's a yellowish orange. Mm -hmm. I think it's like oh maybe it's a plane or something. I said, and it starts moving from right to left. And once it gets into the center, there's three of us, Al, myself, and Bill. And uh, I think we all did it at the same time, but I pointed and said, what is that? And it, it was moving. As soon as I said that and I pointed, it stopped, and it changed its direction, and it was heading directly at us. Mm. So I'm like, okay, this is getting good. <laughs> this is getting good. So this object, UFO object, comes over to us. It's just at the top of the tree, tree, tree line. It's probably about 20 to 30 yards away from us in the air. Not make it, well, there's a little bit of a hummy sound, like a motor, mm -hmm. like, like, you know, electric motor, you know, it, it's a hum, mm -hmm. it's faint. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking and I took out my video camera and I videotaped this. And if you want to see it, just go to Bronxville Paranormal Society on YouTube and it's a nuclear lake. It's a, it's a video and you link. watch it. You gotta watch this uh, because we keep going back to our research every six months. We'll re-review some of the research mm. that we get there, and it we were just mesmerized. And at that time, when this object came, you'll hear in there. Al goes time check, and I believe Bill goes. I, Bill or I go nine fifteen. Mm. Okay, so I'm videotaping this for about a minute and change. It it shines a light at us. We turn our, our headlamps off. It's scanning the area where we are. Al at the time didn't tell me, but he was like, please don't let him get abducted. Please don't let him get abducted. <laughs> because he just didn't want us to be abducted or whatever because he, he felt bad if he brought an abduction our way. Um, and we were just mesmerized by it. And then after a few minutes, or what seemed like a few minutes, it kind of disappeared. And we started going to the next location. 
So it was 9.15. It seemed no more than three minutes later. We get to the location. We set up. We sit there. Uh, people start going out. And, you know, we, Al and I said, well, let's call Cindy, our psychic. So we call Cindy, the psychic, up. And um, we're going to talk to her. And, um, you know, we're, we're talking to her about uh, at the new location. And then after it was over, uh, briefly, we had, to, we had to shut it down because we heard people walking in the woods towards us. Mm-hmm. We didn't want to scare them. Three guys woods flashlights and machetes yeah not a good thing but it sounded yeah. like a family was coming so we shut the lights off but nothing came and we we hung up with cindy quickly um and we couldn't figure that out and then al al looked at like what time is it and we looked at the watch and this whole point seemed like 20 minutes for me 20 to 30 minutes but i looked at the watch and it was so it should have been roughly about a quarter to 10. it was almost 12 o'clock Whoa. So in that time frame, <laughs> a bit of a we, we have missing time. Yeah. We have a significant amount of missing time. And um, we didn't realize it. At, we were like, what's that strange? There's no way. It was just 9.15, blah, blah, blah. And we keep going on with the investigation. And what's funny is we all, instead of going to like a diner after this, we, we eventually left and we went out um, thinking like nothing really dramatic happened. That's what Al said. He was, I wish something bigger would have happened, not realizing all the stuff that took place. So there was a time-space rip, according to our, our psychic. We have this missing time period. We have a UFO. We have a Bigfoot. And, you know, Sasquatch. And that was all the same night, the Bigfoot and the, and the UFO. Well, every, all the same night. Bigfoot, UFO, missing time, time rip in time-space. The people that we heard mm-hmm. actually wouldn't be there, according to our psychic, until tomorrow. Really? Yes. And she said, there's a time rip. There's a rip in time. Wow. So this is, it, this is pretty interesting. Long story short, uh, Bill later that night um, was, woke up in the middle of the night screaming um, hysterically. He, he lives with his mother up in upstate because she you know, helps her out up there. But he lives up there. And he, I mean, literally wake up, ah, ah, you know, like horrified. Yeah. Um, I woke up the next morning and I was like coughing up and spitting up this bluish phlegm like I ate a Smurf. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, what the hell did I eat a Smurf? And I had a metallic taste in my mouth. Hmm. And then my family wasn't out. They were out on that Sunday because it was Saturday to places. Sunday they came back and um, I was, you know, kind of like getting, I got up a little bit later than everybody else, a lot later. And I was getting myself situated. They came into the door and we were going to go someplace. And I said, okay, well, I'll get ready. They go, what happened? I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, where'd you get those bruises? I had two bruises on my stomach. Hmm. I didn't knock into anything. I didn't hit anything. I didn't, you know, this, I, I don't know how the bruises came. Hmm. Um, and Al woke up and he felt like he had a, something caught in his lip. And I called Al. I said, Al. So how did you how did you do last night? How did you feel? He goes, well, I, you know, I got something in my lip. I don't know. I feel like I got something hard in my lip. Hmm. And I said, okay. And I told him about the, my thing. And then that's when we called Bill. And we heard Bill was uh, screaming violently. Um, so it was a pretty interesting night. We have yet to regress ourselves. And according to a friend, Derek, he says, if you don't have any bad dreams, don't regress yourself because you don't want to open up a box that you can never close. Some of these events of abductions are horrifying. I'm not saying I was abducted. 
Mm-hmm. But if I was, I don't want to know. Um, so if you don't gotta have be a honest. bad dream, you do not do a regression? Nope. Hmm. If you can live your life normally, you don't have bad dreams, you don't yeah. have like fear or whatever, don't bother with the regression because what that's going to do is it's going to give you, you're going to, if you had an experience in a craft, let's say like Travis Walton, which mm, probably yep. scared the crap out of the guy, mm-hmm. you're going to experience that and you're going to have the crap scared out of you. Right? Right. Right. So that's, that's why would you want to purposely open that up if you don't have that kind of uh, feeling at this point? Yeah, don't, you, uh, you, don't fix if it ain't broke. <laughs> a, exactly the, yeah. the premise, right? So don't, don't fix if it ain't broke, right? Um, that's, that's how I'm thinking about it as well. So that being said, um, one of the things we've discovered is that there seems to be, or I've discovered actually, there is a correlation between UFO sightings, aliens, and cryptids. I was just going to ask a, you that. A lot of cryptids. And Bigfoot, and now what they call the dogman or a bipedal canine, mm-hmm. which is like a werewolf. Um, I'd rather meet the dogman. <laughs> no, I'd rather meet the, were- uh, the, the Bigfoot. So yeah, there's, exactly. there's a, l- a lot of stories about um, people having UFO encounters <laughs> or an experience. They see a craft, and um, there's one story that took place in uh, Pennsylvania. And um, these, these people were out. It's about a barn it's on a farm's property, young guys. And they have a, there's a UFO that comes overhead. So these guys start seeing the craft, and they follow it on the, on the property. And where they are is they're on a roadway, and they can see this barn in the back, you know, in the field, and a fence line, and then there's a woods by the fence line. Mm-hmm. And the UFO disappears. A little red thing is dropped into the woods area from the UFO, and they're hanging out there. They're watching this thing. The next thing you know, they see what it looks like, uh, three Sasquatch coming from the woods, but they're glowing. Hmm. So these guys are like, you know, looking at this thing, and they challenge it. They, cha- they see it, and, and one of the guys takes off his shotgun, and he challenges this thing, mm-hmm. and he takes a shot at it. And it just stands its ground. And the next, you, you know, he, the next thing you know, it starts moving towards him. So he shoots again. And at that point, the thing started taking off and running towards them. They didn't stay long enough. They got in the tr- truck and they did this whole dance out. Um, something very interesting in the same type of area, there was a woman who lived in the area. And this is mi- primarily off the grid type of area in the woods. Mm-hmm. And I'm jumping into cryptids, but there was a UFO sighting. There's been plenty of UFO sightings near these woods. So this woman uh, contacted a third-party investigator in in the state of Pennsylvania. And um, this is exactly what happens. (laughs) She's in her cabin. She's off the grid. um, Little dirt road going up to the cabin. And in the cabin, she hears a ruckus going on outside of her, um, her porch. And she's thinking it's those damn coyotes again, the wolves and coyotes. So she's going to teach this thing a lesson. Grabs her double barrel shotgun, loads it up, walks to the door, opens the door, and standing in front of her is a Sasquatch, eight feet tall, oh. right in front of her face. Without missing a beat, she, it was a split second, boom, blows a hole through this thing. And what she says is, there was nothing there but white light that beamed out at her. And the next thing you know, it all disappeared. Wow. 
<laughs> so, uh, you know, you start hearing these stories and you're like, really, is, is really, are there, are these cryptids part of the UFO? Are they like, you know, some people were saying this relationship to the dogman, which is a werewolf mm -hmm. cryptid. It's, it's the dogs of the, the aliens. I, I don't buy that. But, um, when you have a UFO in, in, in certain areas or you have a cryptid, I guarantee you there will be UFO sightings to back up that area. And if you have UFOs, you, you, you know, pretty much in the woods, you're going to be dealing with a Bigfoot and a Sasquatch. They've, I've, I've just seen the reports all the time. And it, it's, it's, you just don't want to think about these. You, you just, I think of this thing as a, as, a, as a real flesh and blood creature. Mm -hmm. Thought of it. But I just want to have any type of association with UFOs. But maybe it's it's not necessarily that they're connected to the UFOs, but maybe they're connected to the ability to travel into different dimensions, like UFOs. And that's where that's where you know my my research currently lies right now is to see what's going on dimensional wise, mm -hmm. um, how these cryptids. Um, well, everybody, you know, when you take a picture of a Bigfoot, it's usually blurred. Blurry, yeah. There's always blur. And, every, I mean, everybody that you see on YouTube, anybody that posts a Bigfoot shot is always blurry. They're like, it's always blurry. Can't somebody take a good picture? It's not the fact you're not taking a good picture. You are taking a good picture. Um, I, I believe wholeheartedly that, that Bigfoot, as well as the Dogman cryptid, the werewolf, have the ability to use infrasound to... Uh, put a, a cloak around themselves and distort, change the change the um, the visual spectrum and change the white noise so that it creates white noise around there. So you'll never get a shot of it if it's known that you're 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 there. Mm -hmm. So for this to take place, this creature has to know that you're you're watching it or observing it. There are points when these creatures are caught on film, and one I pointed to actually. Um, is there's an eagle cam, and I forgot exactly where it is, but they, were, they had it on the nest to, to see some of the, the baby eagles being hatched. And mm. it's so high up, it does capture around the eagle cam. You can see some of the, uh, the forest around it, and you can see one specific area where it looks like it's hitting the ground. But it's, it's, it's a big distance. And in that video, it's online, you will see what looks like a Bigfoot. It's a giant monkey playing around and walking around there. And it's crystal clear unfortunately the camera wasn't strong enough to get the full details but you clearly see this creature there and this creature is totally unaware that there's a camera you know 40 feet up in the air mm. so it has no need to be on guard and put the cloak up another case in point where you see this thing but you also um initially you see this cr creature bigfoot in Nat national geographic did a video uh, they had it out a movie recently and in the movie, they're, they're videotaping something with a herd of some animals. And in there, they caught a Bigfoot. Really? And the Bigfoot, oh, yes, they did. They, it comes out of a little, in this little bluff area, and it goes around, and then it disappears, and then it appears someplace else, hmm. like uh, alongside of it. This creature was, should, you know, I'm sure it was curious what was going on with, with you know, the videotaping of the, or the, the cameras, but I don't think it was aware enough that it needed to be worried and cloak itself. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and that's part of it. I think they're using infrasound, but I also think the potential for something to move from point A to point B 
like happened to us in Nuclear Lake. Mm -hmm. The only way I think this could happen is you have to be able to open up or change space-time and be able to travel to a different portal. So you can open up a rip, go in it, and appear, you know, a mile down the road coming through the rip. That's the only thing I can think of with these why these creatures actually um, are able to do this, to materialize, dematerialize, and appear elsewhere. Like folding space. Yeah, pretty much like folding space. Yeah. They just know how to do it. Um, you know, one of the funny things, if you, if you study some of the Dogman um, uh, uh, stories and legends and, and information, um, these things just disappear. Mm. Like literally, boom, gone. And someone recently actually posted something on Facebook. It's the uh, Bigfoot of the Bigfoot researchers of the Hudson Valley, Gale and Deb. Great video. They had a video and they had something that looked like a dogman. And it was blurry. Um, it's not the greatest camera. And they said, she, she did the video. She goes, here, one, what they do is when they research their video and they, they look at their evidence, they literally will go frame by frame and look at every frame of a video. Mm. Okay. What's great, we do that too. Mm -hmm. But what's great is you get to focus on, because you can get something in a split second you never would have gotten before. And in this frame, you'll see the first frame and it's a big, it looks, looks that you can see that it looks like a brow and there's a structure to, to, to a head and in the next picture it's it's gone and in the third picture it's it's not only is it gone but there's a there's, there's these light streaks in the bottom and it's very blurry and I'm trying to, and I, I contact them because I'm friendly with them and I said this is a great catch because I think you just caught this thing opening up a portal or bending time space mm -hmm. You know, it got caught where it was, and it's, you know, it said, I got to get the hell out of here. Um, and it did something, and that's why you get the interference in the, in the film. It was fantastic. Um, I'll send you, uh, send you those on uh, Facebook. Oh, yeah, I'd love to see when that. When you post this, if you want to you wanna post it, you can see it or whatever you want to do with that. Yeah, I'll, uh, if it's okay with you, I'll add the, uh, the links at the sh uh, on the show notes. Sure, that'd be yeah. great. So you if know. anyone's interested in seeing that. I, I think you you know there's a correlation between these these these, these entities. I mean, it's why not? You know, what, what, who's going to tell you differently that there isn't? Mm -hmm. But more and more, even uh, we talked to Butch Rutowski the other day, um, and and we interviewed him, and he's pretty straight laced. He's a great guy, great interview, um, and he's like more and more. There's, there's definitely it's all connected. Ever, all this is all connected between UFOs, Bigfoot, lichens, you name it. And we're not talking about the lichen up in Scotland that I like, <laughs> tell stories. <laughs> Hello there, mate. Um, yeah. It's Mr. Caleb well, uh, Lichen, our favorite yes, Caleb, story our fa favorite yes. storyteller. And werewolf. Um, <laughs> <laughs> werewolf with a kilt. That's great. That would be a great name for a bar. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think... I think, Callum, if you do open that up, I want a little credit on that. Um, <laughs> but, y you know, it, it's very interesting how this guy's a real investigator, <coughs> you know, <clears throat> using police people and, and you know, scientists globally. I mean, he's got a huge, nice network going for himself, very open with his information and intel. And it all points to this. this he, he had some crazy stuff last night. It was just out of this world. Um, 
it was real. It was a great interview. Um, I can't wait to but, hear it. Yeah, you know, it's. I'm just saying that there is a correlation there. I'm not saying that every time you see a UFO, there's a Bigfoot someplace, you mm-hmm. know, or whatever. Or vice um, versa. Or vice versa. Yeah, vice versa. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you t- let me tell you something. Everybody that's listening, you want to see the Bigfoot. You really don't want to see the lichen. Okay? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. not a joke. Um, I didn't want to believe this. I thought this was, you know, again, an investigator. I'm like, yeah, okay, people seeing werewolves. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. Um, but this goes back in history, I mean, it goes into the 1800s, 1700s. There's a report to this. There was a report actually in New York. If you go to, there's a, a, um, a dogman chart, a map, global sighting map uh, online. Google, someone did a Google map of that, and people keep adding to it. Mm-hmm. And in the 1800s, or uh, early 1800s, on Broadway in New York, the police took out a werewolf. They shot and they killed a werewolf. Hmm. I never heard and of that. That's it's wild. I, it's I was just like, okay, uh, you know, I've got to go find out. And the the New York City Police Department will not talk to you about that. They will, you know, they won't. Ad- you have to go back to microfiche, you know. Oh wow. That's film, people. They're before Google. <laughs> 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 we actually got to go to this building that had these things in it called books um, <laughs> and film. Um, but yeah, microfiche. And I was listening to another investigator. I forgot his name. There was a guy that has a, a program and he's kind of connected in the Hollywood area. So they got like, you know, they have the real podcast. <laughs> um, and he was doing an investigation. He spent some time uh, in, in the New York City Police Department. And he, what he discovered is um, every police department around the u.s if not globally but he said definitely u.s has a x-files type division in it i always wondered about that yep they have an x-files division they have people specifically assigned to these cases vampires werewolves um strange you know weird paranormal based things and they do investigate it. And it's something that's not talked about. It's kept on the very, very much on the hush-hush. Um, but they do investigate this. And um, he, he was, because he was, he was doing research for this, this podcast and possibly a, a TV series. And he said the stuff they had down there would blow your mind. Hmm. It, it, you know, these, this is the, these are the things like, like, if you got a chance to see it, I'd like to see this, those case files. Yeah, that would know. be really interesting. Well, I, you know, I mean, what scary stuff do you have up where you are? There's got to be an urban legend about something or, or that's been around for uh, uh, centuries. Oh, yeah, every, have, every town has that. Yeah, we, we have, uh, well, throughout Canada, we have uh, Sasquatch sightings. Uh, oh, yeah. Lugaru, of course, which is a variant of the werewolf. Um, uh, oh, so many, like, lake monsters. We, we have it all up here. Yep, I mean, I, when I went up, to, I used to go up to um, St. Andrews, mm-hmm. up, up there in, in Canada, or as mm-hmm. my wife called it, Canada. Hey, Canada. Uh, <laughs> let's go to Canada. Okay, where is that? Is it in the Caribbean? Um, <laughs> and I literally sat um, on the side of the road where uh, Ogopogo, I believe it is. We were up by that lake where your, your lake monster is. Oh, yeah. Ogopogo's in B.C. I don't know which one that one would be in St. Andrews. There, there, there is, there's another... Yeah. Um, Lake Monster up in that area. Yep. I forgot the name of the lake. 
but it's literally in St. Andrews, right? Near St. Andrews. Yeah. It's on the way to St. John, John's. Yep, St. John. Okay. St. John's Saint, is in Newfoundland. St. John's in New Brunswick. Okay, so it's St. John. Yeah, and if you're heading towards St. John, because mm-hmm. uh, I got yelled at for that too, St. John and St. John's. You know, <laughs> it's like going to Hawaii and like, take the King Kamehameha to the King Kamehameha. Like, <laughs> what? I swear to God, they have the King Kamehameha, Antics, King Kamehameha, which is two, and then everything's King Kamehameha. But we're sitting there, and I'm sitting there, and my dog loves the water. I have a bull terrier. Yep. If you're in Canada, it's a Don Cherry dog. Oh, um, nice, yeah. Yeah, I had him, and he's like, he wants to go swimming. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting, and I'm sitting there with my wife, well before kids. And after about 10 minutes, so like looking out in the water, we're right there on the water. It's like, uh, uh, what are we doing? I said, just just watch, watch. Because it was a nice sight, you know, scene. And then, so about 10 minutes later, I said, she goes, like, seriously, what are we doing here? What are, why are we sitting here? I said, because this lake has a, a lake monster in it, like Loch Ness. <laughs> and then she looked at me and she says, turn the fucking car on and let's get going because I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Pardon the French people. But that's what she said. So that didn't last too long. She would never be good on an investigation. <laughs> so I take it she's not a believer. No, she's the one that saw the UFO and hanging yeah. out of the roof of the car. And she still thinks it's a you know, hot air balloon hot or, air balloon, or yeah. whatever. <laughs> Um, and you know what? We have another video. We were at my aunt's house in Jersey Shore, and I, I saw this thing hovering in the sky, and it looked it looked like the Nazi bell um, UFO, really small. And I have the video. I, I posted it up. I'll tag you in it yeah. so you can share it with people, or, or I can put it in Paranormal Heart, yeah. um, the group online. And um, and it's <laughs> it's really funny. Now, I noticed this because we're outside my aunt's house. We're in the pool, and I'm, I'm looking at this thing, and it's up in the air. And I thought it was balloons or 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 a bag, so like garbage bags. Mm-hmm. And then, but well, what happened? It was moving. And the next thing you know, you hear, you hear military jets coming. And as they got closer to the, to where we were, where I'm seeing this object, the thing blinked out, the jets went by. I mean, and then, cause you saw the jets, mm-hmm. it blinked out, the jets go by. And then when the jets start going further out, the thing comes back on. This happened several times. Hmm. But I videotaped this thing and I got close to it and you will see, and, and I actually did a presentation at the, um, at, um, oh Jesus, up in, uh, Joe, Joe's, there was a group there, uh, Paracon, there was a, there was some kind of paranormal convention over in Scranton. Um, and I did my whole presentation, I did my presentation on my own personal experiences because I think, let's not stop talking about other people's stuff. I'm going to show you what I personally took. Yeah. Um, you explain it, but I'm going to show it and go into detail with you. And in the video, which is classic, I said, um, well, maybe it's, you know, something. And my wife go, said something else. And I said, yeah, whatever. I'm just not going to fight this. Like, <laughs> I, I, it's, a, yeah, it's a UFO. Um, it's a cl- classic UFO. Looks like the Nazi bell. Um, that type of shape. I wish I had better camera at the time, but I didn't. Um, it was pretty, pretty intense. It was great. Uh, and... T- this hopefully coming up in in um, in this month of May, I'm going to be over with actually with uh, the crypto guru Ron Murphy. Yep. We're going and we're going to be at the Bigfoot camping uh, event, three day event, over in Western PA. And one of the things we're going to do there is um, <coughs> we're going to do a um, uh, a night hike for Sasquatch. But what I want to do on that, I want to, and I'm hoping we have good weather. I want to do something called the CE5. And what a CE5 is, is a close encounter of the fifth kind. It's an mm. active 
encounter. You actively asking and requesting aliens and races of these extraterrestrial beings to make contact with you. And where's this? This is going to be up in uh, uh, Bear uh, Bear Run, I think it is. It's up in Jeez uh, oh, Louise. Um, hmm. It's in Pennsylvania, and I'm trying to get the date right now. It's about May. It's the last weekend in May, so it's the 30th, um, 31st, and um, up to uh, the 2nd of June. Um, I will also put that in Paranormal Hearts so you can check it out. They still have tickets there. There's going to be a lot of guys there. The Mountain Monsters are going to be there. Uh, Bobo's going to be there from Finding Bigfoot with um, Cliff. Um, um, Stacy Brown, who's a Bigfoot researcher out of Florida, he caught some of the best evidence in Bigfoot, uh, of Bigfoot um, ever. Um, He'll be there. We interviewed his buddy, Stevie Strings, who's fantastic. Um, but it's a Bigfoot camping uh, event, and I, I will try to find it for you. I'll send you all the information. I'll post it up there of everything I talked about. Mm. Um, so I'll send it to you, and then you can just like copy and paste it when it's time for sure. whatever. Yeah. So when this comes out. So people can reference it while they're listening or driving in their cars. You should be looking at your phone. <laughs> <laughs> Do not look at your phone when you're driving, people. Do not right. listen and to then, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> and then again in May, just so you know, um, on the 18th, we have Para Unity Expo that I'm going yes. to be in, and uh, Ron is going to be there too. So he's going to be handling the cryptid side of it, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be handling the UFO side That's of it. Awesome. But like I said, these two are correlate to each other. They're, they go hand in hand. So Ron and I are just going to be putting on a good show. Um, we'll have very, lots of information, um, and we're just going to make it uh, one heck of a presentation for everybody. Uh, sure, so, and that go. raises funds for people. So that, that's, yeah. that's going to be that's a, it's one of those helpful ones. Uh, on the paracons. So if you're in the area um, and you guys want to come down from Canada, uh, we don't have the wall up there yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're putting up a snow um, wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe you just put it up around Trudeau. Um, <laughs> a permanent wall around his car. Just like, I can't get out, people. Don't worry, we'll throw you fresh socks. It's okay. <laughs> but, you know, um, this is what I'm going to be talking about primarily there, the, the relationship about, you know, the UFO sightings throughout the years. Uh, hopefully you're going to have a couple of nice exhibits with, um, I'm trying to put together these, these posters that are life-size. So an eight foot tall reptilian that you could stand next to and take a picture of it, um, with it yeah. and a Bigfoot and some of the other ones, the grays and stuff like that. Um, that'll be pretty I, cool. Oh, it, I think it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, the, uh, I you, always, you, you could have big Bigfoot cutouts where the face, you just put the person's face in there, you know, <laughs> and, and, and reptilians. <laughs> yeah, we could, that would be pretty interesting. We're gonna, that, that would be, yeah, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> uh, my God, he looks just like your father. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those moments there. But it, it, it's just, every time, it's, every time I, I, um, I see uh, UFOs or I see an object, I don't know if you, you do this, but um, I was driving actually recently near me, going to the New York State UFO Project meeting, which I uh, co-founder, co-director of. Um, and this is a, it's it's a it's a a meeting a live meeting once a month where we get people that have had experiences that don't know where to go, and don't know who to talk to about it. It's an open forum. Everybody's treated with respect. It's not just UFOs. Nice. It's anything relating to the paranormal, uh, because I've met plenty of people that that are freaked out by these mm-hmm. things. They hear about it, and then they research it, and they just they can't wrap their minds about it. And we, we're just we're there to let them vent, 
um, and then try to you know give them some good information. But on the way there, I'm driving, and I, I noticed this because we do have a lot of air traffic. But you will have um, I just noticed a little. It's almost like a like a reflection, like, like when you catch like a watch and it just glimmers mm-hmm. or shimmers. And every time I see those, I'm always I stop or try to pull the car over and I'm kind of looking because that could be a craft. You just don't know of you know what you're looking at. Hmm. Um, unless you do a CE5, and we've done that. We did that in Pine Bush last year, and we literally had a craft appear overhead. Really? Oh, how big? Pretty, pretty darn big. Um, we were there. I was tired. Al was tired. We were hoping no one would show up to this last event. <laughs> we were greeted by you know sixty people, and then another like fifty people showed up. Um, we did a. It, it was a great evening. German TV was there, um, and they were they were videotaping, but they left just a bit early. So we, we got when, this is a CE5 I conducted, and what you do in the CE5 is we had to bring everybody down. Like let let's let's let the day that you know it was a great day, but look, get it out of your mind. Sit here and focus on making contact with these creatures. Just ask them. Can you just give us a sign or your presence? Can you come over? We're welcoming you to come here, and I'm guiding people through this guided meditation to bring people down and focus on the, on this object. It's a beautiful night sky. You can see uh, miles in the distance from mountain peak to mountain peak. We know where the, the sky, you know, the tra- air traffic is. And it's, it's a very nice night. And it's very quiet. And the next thing I know, you know, I don't think anything's really going to happen because it's just, I'm not feeling anything. The next thing you know, you start hearing, I start hearing a ruckus like these guys, like hooting, hollering. And I'm like, who are these kids, you know, what are these kids making all this noise for? You know, and I'm thinking, well, it's 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 pine bush area, it's woodsy. These kids probably go over to the local baseball field, get a couple six packs, and they have fun. You know, it's mm. it's a Saturday night. That's what I would do in high school. And before I can say anything, I was just about to say something to Al, who was sitting near me. I'm like, you know, like you hear all that hooting and hollering. This guy comes out and goes, "Do you hear all that? You hear that owl?" And I'm like, now it makes sense. And we started hearing an owl. And the next thing that happens is this craft flies over our head, and it's, again, black, jet black. Mm-hmm. The only reason why we knew it was craft, you can kind of see a little bit of an outline. It looked a little bit pointy, like a, like a, um, but in the center of this, this area that we're looking at was a hexagonal um, light, and it was a light. It was like... LED-ish in color, a white LED-ish in color, mm-hmm. but you can kind of see where the hexagon is. Yep. And the, and then it just flew overhead and everybody went, oh my God, you know, like the ooze and ah started. And then we started, you know, Al started doing the signals with a, a flashlight. He got a powerful flashlight and it would signal back. Then this thing started moving and, and took off, you know, took into a distance and started doing, making turns left, right, um, doing almost like, uh, our, our, you know, acrobatics. And... And then it stopped. And then everybody's like, oh, my God, this is incredible. And I said, can you just give us, you know, just, just join us one more time. Give us a sign. And I, I put the, the lights on, the flicker on. Mm-hmm. The next thing you know, the light just appears. Boom, comes on, flashes me three times back. And then it does a little bit more tricks. And then it was gone. And I take it it was quiet as well? Not a freaking sound. Wow. Yeah, could you feel and any vibrations is, or anything? Nothing. Wow. Well, you know, here's the problem, right? So you have this craft flying over your head, a lot of oohs and ahs and all this craziness. So your mm-hmm. adrenaline's going, yep. whether you like it or not. But even without the adrenaline going, nothing. Hmm. 
it literally was like, we hear you. We hear you. Mm-hmm. We're making contact with you. We are almost like they appreciated it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then they took off. And it was just out of this world incredible. That was my second great um, CE5 uh, contact moment. Uh, the first was at another meeting we did. Al wasn't there for it. But uh, I use something. I, I do remote viewing. Mm-hmm. I call it remote viewing. Someone who I know that knows Ingo Swan, who's a brother of mine, he calls it remote viewing. Our, our psychic, Cindy, goes, you're psychic. <laughs> so you can't, you can't win with these people. But I think it's remote viewing because the way it works for me is, and I've been doing this for a while now, a long time. I've been doing it for years before I knew I could do it. Um, I'm having a conversation with somebody or someone asks me to do them, help them a favor, or do something. I can actually, when I calm down and I, I, I get the day out of my, my head and I kind of like sit there, not like meditate like in a zombie state, but just bring it down a level. I can travel to any location I would want. Uh, I can see the location. I can interact with the location. I can smell. Um, you can actually feel the material that's there. And I'm aware of what's going on around me. Um, and I use a bit of remote viewing at that point and some binaural beats to get in that, that phase because the people we were with were using this Dr. Stephen Greer remote view, not uh, CE5 audio. I can't stand the guy. Um, and I just couldn't listen to him. And through that, I started to remote view and, you know, asking my brain, I want to make contact with these, these, these creatures. Um, and, uh, you know, have an interaction. And I said, I'd like you to show, you know, make your presence known. But there was one person in the group that kind of pissed me off. I said, but I don't want this person to see it because she was being nasty today, but she was. (laughs) So what happens, I'm sitting there. And we're overlooking the Hudson River, and um, I, you can see the New York City, you know, like the, the George Washington Bridge, uh, way in the distance. You can see the lights there and some of the air traffic. And through my remote viewing, I literally was transported. I was in a craft. I was sitting almost like at um, a, ba- a big windows, bay windows. Mm-hmm. And I looked in the window, and I'm like, where the hell am I? I'm looking out, and I see a couple of the craft there. I look to my right and sitting up. To, over to my right, there's a Nordic sitting there. There are other greys that are surrounding me. And I look at my, you can see your reflection in the, in the, in the window. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing the earth, mind you, from space at this point. Wow. Which I'm kind of like, and whenever I do this, I want to preface this. I'm not crazy. I always second guess myself. Like, is this an act of imagination or am I actually seeing it? Because it's just, it's what I do. I, I, I always have to make sure I'm seeing what I'm seeing here. And I'm seeing this. And I look in the mirror and I'm literally, I swear to God, I'm a gray and I see my face and I see, I see, I can see the skin and I can see the pores of my skin. Um, and I start to smile and I see my smile in, reflecting at me from the window because mm-hmm. you can do this. And I'm like, and I start touching and I'm looking and I notice other grays are staring at me <laughs> like, what the hell is this gray doing? doing? Like, yeah. Gray number five. What are you doing? Gray number five. <laughs> Situation normal. Everything's normal. Uh, <laughs> slight weapons malfunction. I mean, like, I'm like, yeah, it's, 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 I'm like, so I'm having this epiphany. Like, holy crap, I'm a gray right now. So I mentally tell these, these, my comrades here, there are people down here that want to see us. We should go down there. And literally, I get transported to another ship that's across the way. I'm still a gray. And we start going down. And it's, we're heading towards Earth. And 
the way we came in, we came in through um, uh, toward the southern tip of, of, of the East Coast. And we go over Florida, and we're getting closer and closer. And I can see New York coming up, like the distinct outline, as if you're looking over, uh, like from a NASA photo. Mm-hmm. And we come into right that spot. And I come back and I say, because I know where they're going to be ending up. And I tell them, they're going to be over here. And I point towards the George Washington Bridge area. I said, look over here. So some people are like, really? And I said, yes, I did a little remote viewing. They're coming in from this direction. And then I had a green laser with me. And I said, they're going to be right around here. And I did three circles with a green laser. And the next thing you know, it was a split second, but it was a huge white burst, boom, of white light. And then it stopped. Hmm. And there was uh, one, two, maybe four or five other people that actually witnessed that. And I said, can you do it again? And I circled again and then it did it again. And then I knew that it started, I just knew I was somehow connected to it. It started coming north towards our direction and then it was going to go to, to, well, from my direction, it would be the left. And just as I predicted, it came up north, people were watching it, and then it went to the left. But it wasn't like a huge craft visible. It, was, uh, it looked like a dot. It looked like a star. And it did exactly that, and then it disappeared. Did and that, Did that and person plus, that you didn't want to see, did she see it? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Her back was to it the whole entire time. <laughs> And I said, thank you. And when we left, I sw- you know, and what's, what's funny is I was with people that are believers, mm-hmm. not Justin Bieber fans. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> just want to preface that, <laughs> you know, they say they're believers and whatever, but everyone and Al, when he heard this stuff, he, he questioned me as well. And everybody said, dude, it happened. And they backed up exactly everything that took place was backed up. Um, I like to get reassurance and and a backup support i don't care if you question what i say mm-hmm. and what i'm doing that's fine you have every right to matter of fact i respect you more for questioning it but i also question it i question everything i see when we get an evp on there i'm like no way and i listen to it again and again and again i'm like yep there's an evp there yeah. because part of me has always been you know i'm a science guy i love mm-hmm. science i want to get the answers i uh you know I don't think there's a universal theory for everything. I'm sorry, but I don't. But I think you can quantify things. And I'm always looking to quantify something. And I'm also, you know, considerate of the fact that things currently cannot be quantified because we do not have the intellect or intelligence or technology to do so. But I always question what I'm seeing. And then if someone else hears it, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm not going crazy. And then I can continue to go on with my research. And I do this with everything. Because it, you, I think you need to check yourself every once in a while. Just don't just follow with the herd, yeah. you know, like a lot of people do today. Yeah, exactly. Question. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's what should take place, right? You mm. got to question things. I kind of want to take this a different route. There, I'm just going to ask one more sure. question because we're almost, we're almost at the end here. Um, yes, I know. I know <laughs> <laughs> already. <laughs> Do you want so, to talk about my boy, boy band days? No, no, I'm joking. Uh, no. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> Definitely don't want to hear it either. <laughs> no, no, I was never in a boy band. Go ahead. So I'm just wondering, do you think there's a connection between the pyramids of Egypt, earthen mounds of the mound builder culture, the pyramids of the Aztecs and Maya? Do you think there's a correlation there? Yes. Well, um, yes. Uh, I think there's a lot more than a correlation there. Um, it's... It's pretty interesting 
Do you, you know the pyramids in Egypt, there are the, when you see them, of course, the, you know, see the Pleiades, that's up there, but it's actually was built as if it was being built and you were looking down in mm -hmm. space. Yeah. So I think there is a correlation there. I think when you get into the Aztecs and, and that ha whole uh, southern, you know, like South American um, area, I think there was an, an influence in all these cultures that may have aided them in their intellect, knowledge, science, and technology. I'm not saying people can't figure these things out themselves. Okay. But the similarities are uncanny. Similarities between architecture, mm -hmm. similarities between mounds being built, um, not only in South America, but in North America where there's mounds. They also found a pyramid, uh, which looks like to be a Aztecish. Uh, in, in one of the lakes of Michigan. Mm -hmm. um, but the pyramid shape also, the way they're built and the cities are built, uh, kind of a, a gel with what goes on in Egypt. Um, and, the, there's, and then there are other stone structures globally that um, have the lots of similarities to them, you know, between the way that they're built. Now, I think some of these were built for scientific purposes, um, I think the science of the Egyptians, the Aztecs, the Mayan, um, and some of these cultures that we see around the globe, even uh, the Nordics, uh, to the Asians, everywhere, there's science behind everything that's there. And uh, I think they were able to do things with this science that you would never have thought they could do. Like, how do you build a pyramid that size? Mm. How do you move those blocks? Mm. And don't tell me you take 100,000 Egyptians to move, no, no, you can't. It's more to it. It's more than rolling it on a stone. And I point, I point to these, you know, there's a great um, hieroglyph of what looks like seriously a light bulb. Um, have you ever seen that? I forgot what, what the name of the hieroglyphic or the label of it is. But it looks like there's a, a light bulb with a filament in it and electricity going through it. And... Um, the, the, it's similar technology is also a similar type of idea or concept has been found in, in South America on a couple of these other cultures. Maybe they were using electricity before we even knew what electricity was. Maybe they were harnessing electricity from the atmosphere that's out there. Um, like Tesla was talking about, mm -hmm. uh, what is it, uh, 369 or, or something like that. I don't know. I don't remember what it's called, but yeah, I, I remember him talking. Well, I don't remember him personally talking about it, but. Oh, back in the day. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, so so it, Tesla, what Tesla was saying back there is like, it's energy. It's free. You can grab it from, from, from the air. Mm -hmm. Like the air we're breathing right now, you know, you're plugged in, I'm plugged in. But imagine being able to not have to be plugged in and you're just recharging your stuff. It just charges. It's, it's, it's a natural source of energy. There, it's there. And maybe these cultures tapped into it. Um, something that's very interesting It's going to be coming out very soon. Edgar Casey talked about this years back, decades ago. He mentioned that they were going to discover secret chambers by the Sphinx, in the Sphinx, mm -hmm. and it's going to turn history on its head. And inside of the chambers, it's, it's almost like they're opening up the Oshkosh record, um, where it's just filled with a, a plethora of, of knowledge and information, and it's going to totally rock this world. 
That would be amazing. That would be great. You know, I think they just, it would be fantastic to, to finally tell people, like, you know, you're not the only ones out there. There were people before you. Yeah. So that would be interesting. Well, my friend, we are at the end already. Well, I thank you for having me on. I hope I didn't talk too much today. Oh, God, no. Very interesting. So be- before we sign off, why don't you tell everyone, you know, what, what's in the... You already talked a little bit what's going on in May, but where can we find you? What's your uh, next project? Oh, I'm on. I'm, I will. I'll tell you right now. I'm on every social media platform, <laughs> but you, you can find me on Facebook. Um, you can find me inside the Goblin Universe dot com, the website. Um, if you have questions for me, you can actually p- message me on Facebook, on Twitter. Um, uh, basically everything. I think I I just joined Snapchat only because my kids are on Snapchat and I want to see what the heck they are up to, <laughs> um, which I just don't understand the whole concept, but they've got really great uh, video face masks, which are hysterical. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I'm on all those sites and uh, questions at insidethegobbinuniverse.com. Um, you could email me at that and I will get your questions and I, I will reply. Actually, you know, and we've got a couple of shows coming up. We're doing... This is what we're doing now. We're doing the show Inside the Goblin Universe, Ron Murphy and I. Love that show. Uh, I, yeah, I'm doing the show called Nobo Boomy, uh, mm-hmm. Nobody But Me. And then we're also branching off into two other shows called uh, Portals of Perception and uh, Sideshow Safari. And each of these are different. The perception one is how people view things from religion to, um, mm. to the different chakras and, and what you need to do to get yourself into a better spot. That's interesting. I like uh, that. Right, and then Sideshow Safari is basically when Ron and I come across things that are just unusual, we're going to be giving you uh, uh, 15 minutes of, like, like w- there's a statue that's by me right now, uh, three, three statues. It's the Virgin Mary, and the, uh, the, she, her eyes weep. Mm. Oil. And we're gonna, I'm going to go there, I'm going to videotape this, I'm going to discuss this, I'm going to interview this person uh, that owns a really nice lady, um, and we're going to you know talk about it, because these are the things that... Barnum would have had on there, like, look at the mermaid boy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and all these things are going to be little snippets. It's going to be 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes max. Um, because, you know, I love listening to podcasts. I love listening to your show, Kat. I Thank love you. Um, you know, and, but sometimes I don't have the hour or two hours to listen yeah. to an episode. But I do have 15 minutes while I'm waiting for my kids to come out of a gymnastic or something like that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sometimes maybe the 15-minute podcast kind of like the seven minute abs um, is going to be the future. (laughs) (laughs) I like that idea. Cause yeah, a lot of times I'm driving 15, 20 minutes and I'm listening to a podcast that's an hour plus, and I don't have a chance to listen to all of it in one sitting. Right. And and you want to, but you know, you're getting harassed by a spouse or, you know, or your daughters or your your boys or somebody's like, come on, but you're getting up to who's a ghost star. podcast more important than us? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But yet that's where you can find me. Um, And come out and visit. Uh, I actually have have a a book coming out, two books coming out, and they'll be out uh, in about a month. Um, One of it's poetry, uh, but two uh, two of them are all about, um, actually I'm going to go into the connection between um, Indians, aliens, uh, earth mounds, and we're going to even throw the Nephilim in there and giants. Nice. It's going to be, it's pretty interesting. Nice. Yes. Well, thank you again, Brian, for being on Paranormal Heart. Boo and I greatly appreciate it. Well, I thank Boo and you <laughs> for having me on there. 
Thanks so much. And folks, don't forget, stay tuned. We will be announcing the two winners of the contest. Ooh, nice. Well, folks, the time has arrived. Time to announce the two winners of the contest. I hope you're as excited as my special guest here, Ronald Murphy, and I are. So, Ron, are you ready? I am ready. I'm very excited because I've never chosen a winner before. Really? Oh, this is I've cool. I've never had this my first. Nice. So, folks, just to let you know, I have the list of names here, and there's seven people. I have a number generator here. I sent Ron the, the names, and he allocated numbers or to each name, so I, don't, I'm, I have no idea who's going to win. I'm going to pick two numbers, tell Ron who they are, and then he'll announce the two lucky winners of uh, two free 30-minute readings by Katie Turner. Okay, here we go. Number six. One, two, three, four, five, six. The winner of this one is Samantha Swigger. Yay! Congratulations, Yay. Sam. Send me an email at paranormalheart13 at gmail.com and we will make arrangements for you to claim your prize. And number two. Oh, you, the, the number number two? Yes, the number two. That's the next winner. The the number two is uh, Justin Cancellari. Yay! Way to go, guys. Congratulations. <laughs> wow. This was awesome. I enjoy, uh, you know, handing out free things. This is great. I know, right? This is a great day. Thank you so That's much, Ron. Right. Congratulations to our winners. And we'll be in touch. Ron, do you have anything to say? No, I, I would have liked to have been in the drawing for this. <laughs> I'm, I'm sad that I was not. <laughs> well, you had to po you had to follow the contest rules. <laughs> I, I don't follow rules very well, Kat. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, my friend, yeah. for your help. Hey, no worries at all. I'll be looking forward to talking to you again. As am I. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions or comments, just drop me an email, paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. Paranormal Heart would like to extend a special thank you to PurplePlanet.com for supplying the music for the show. The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants. 